Section 2 of The Black Cat, Volume 1, Number 11, August 1896. This is a LibreVox recording. All LibreVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibreVox.org. Recording by Julie Burks. The Black Cat, Volume 1, Number 11, August 1896. Section 2. Mrs. Bilger's Victory by Emma S. Jones and Geike Turner. The railroad had killed her muley cow, and the railroad had got to pay for it, so said Mrs. Bilger. Mrs. Bilger was a widow lady residing in the suburbs of Grafton, on the hills of southern Pennsylvania. Grafton is not an imposing place. It is situated in a hole in the woods mowed out by the sawmill, which forms its principal industry. The business life in Grafton consists in feeding this sawmill and, as it is not a large one, the town cannot be called populous even at its center. The situation of Mrs. Bilger's place in the outskirts would have reasonably been called retired if it had not been for the fact that the P.D.&.Q. Railroad ran through her front yard. In this way, a good proportion of the population of the United States passed through Mrs. Bilger's dooryard. Few, however, stopped, except when some train got stalled at the foot of the grade before her house. The P.D.&.Q. engines can climb almost anything but a tree, but occasionally in the winter they had to take two or three starts at this grade. It was the worst on the whole road. Occasionally, also, Mrs. Bilger had calls from railroadmen who stopped to drink at her celebrated spring. The late Mr. Bilger had left his widow her small house and clearing, an eight-year-old son, a double-barreled shotgun, and her muley cow. A few melancholy hints completed the inventory of the estate. Mrs. Bilger, who was a woman of character, made the best of her resources. She herself tickled the shallow surface of her portion of the earth till it burst forth every summer into a sickly grin of scanty potatoes and corn, while her conscientious hints converted the minor by-products of the farm into marketable produce. Her main trust, however, had always been put in her muley cow, who had furnished her a good supply of milk, for which she found a ready sale. This muley cow would probably not have taken a prize on fancy points at a cattle show. Still, she was a patient, industrious animal, and a good provider. But at last, unfortunately, the extreme scarcity of provisions drove her to night work, and she wandered on to the railroad track and unintentionally ran against a freight train in the dark. In the morning, Mrs. Bilger discovered little more than a fine line of Hamburg steak stretching towards the western horizon. It was a particularly hard blow to her, because she was on the eve of accepting a flattering offer of thirteen dollars for the animal. There was no doubt in Mrs. Bilger's mind from the first that the railroad would have to settle for her cow. So she informed the station agent the very day following the accident, and after protracted negotiations, which nearly lost the station agent his dinner, the latter agreed to forward a demand for settlement to headquarters. Mrs. Bilger didn't see why he couldn't settle for her martyred cow on the spot, but she was willing to make reasonable concessions. Her final price was $23. So after a while, the station agent forwarded her demand to the division superintendent, and after a while, the division superintendent forwarded it to the division claim agent, 
and after a while, the division claim agent decided he would send out a man to look up the case. A railroad company does not take a natural haste in settling up the claims of a poor, ignorant widow. This railroad's fatal mistake was that it did not know what kind of a widow it was dealing with. It took about three weeks in all for the railroad officials to get around to Mrs. Bilger's case, and Mrs. Bilger, deprived of her chief means of sustenance, was naturally becoming somewhat dangerous. She viewed with increasing displeasure the railroad men in general, and especially those who came to get water from her famous spring. Well, if they ain't got gall, she was accustomed to say to her Willie at this interval, kill an old muley cow and then come in here to get our water. Finally, she decided to give her ultimatum. Here, you, she said, when the section hands came up one noon for their daily supply. You get out of there. You don't get no more water out of my spring till you pay for my muley cow you killed. What muley cow? We ain't killed no muley cow, said the astonished section hands but it was no use to conduct campaign of enlightenment with Mrs. Bilger. The railroad had killed her cow, and to her the section hands constituted a part of one heartless and bloodthirsty corporation which was responsible. They returned without the water. The boss, a fat man, who had somewhat of a determined character himself, and who prided himself on his power of invective, was severely sarcastic on their return. Give me that pail, he said. I'll show you how to get the water. He waddled off with the pail in a truly ferocious manner. Mrs. Bilger was in the house at the time. The section boss walked triumphantly up to the spring and stooped down to take up the water in his pail. The water was some way down in the ground, being confined in a shallow well walled with stones, and as he was a very fat man... It took him some time to get down to it. Just as he was about to accomplish his purpose, he suddenly toppled over head foremost into the spring with a graceful, tilting motion of a mud turtle falling off a log. Mrs. Bilger had waylaid him with her broom. The section boss was a very close fit for the spring, and he made up his mind several times before he unwedged himself that he was a drowned section boss. When he finally did get out, spluttering and swearing, he found himself looking into the muzzles of a doubled-barreled shotgun like a pair of opera glasses. He fled precipitately without his water bucket. Mrs. Bilger threw the bucket scornfully after him. I won't take less than thirty dollars for her now. Cash down, was all she remarked. After that, it was vain for a railroad man to attempt to use that spring. She watched it most of her spare time herself, and when she didn't, she had her boy out. Whenever a railroad man came in sight, the child's little piping voice sounded the guard mount, and his mother came on duty with her gun. She didn't say much, but she just walked back and forth before the spring, with conscious strength and dignity in her bearing, and deep, hard lines about her mouth. A great many railroad men, who had thought they wanted a drink before they saw her, found that they were mistaken, and turned away. By and by, however, the section boss got tired of this sort of thing. There was a good deal of work that year, raising the tracks on that grade, and there wasn't another spring for two miles either way. Finally, he decided to negotiate with Mrs. Bilger. 
That's right, said Mrs. Bilger. You killed my cow, and you've got to pay for her. She's worth just forty dollars. So the section boss sought out the roadmaster and told him about the affair, and the roadmaster told the division superintendent. It had been so long since the division superintendent had heard from the station master about Mrs. Bilger's cow that he had forgotten all about it. Besides, it didn't sound like the same cow anyway, the valuation being so different. So the division superintendent filed another report with the claim department. About this time, Mrs. Bilger, not hearing anything from her appeal for justice, frequented the station at Grafton a great deal, coming in about train time and talking violently to the station agent. Finally, the station agent agreed to write on again to the division superintendent. By this time, Mrs. Bilger's estimated price was $52. It so happened at this time that the division superintendent was off on a short vacation, and his substitute, in an excess of zeal, filed the third cow report with the claim department. Before it reached there, however, the division claim agent had visited Mrs. Bilger with a check made out for her first asking price of $23. Have you lost two cows, Mrs. Bilger? he said politely. No, I hain't, that worthy woman replied. Only one. But I ain't going to take no $23 for it. That cow will cost you just $62 now. But she wasn't worth any $62, he protested. Yes, she was, too said Mrs. Bilger, counting the time I've lost fooling over the blame thing the last three months, and all I've had to pay for butter and cheese. Sixty-two dollars cheap. Besides, you can pay it just as well as not. You know you've got the money. If you don't, I'll take it to the law. Mrs. Bilger was obstinate, and the claim agent took back his check, and acting on Mrs. Bilger's threat to go to law, sent over the first two papers on the case to the general claims attorney, intending to see him about it the next day. Next day he was called off suddenly to another part of the road. While he was gone, the second report from the station agent came along with a bill for $50 for Mrs. Bilger's muley cow, and the department claim agent, being away, was sent straight to the claims attorney. The three bills confused him. "'What the devil are they doing down there?' said the claims attorney, when the claim agent came back, having a massacre of muley cows? It took the claim agent some time to explain. In the meantime, Mrs. Bilger began to take the bit in her teeth. She now resolved to suspend traffic generally on the road till they paid some attention to her. For this purpose, she secured an old red flannel shirt, and hitching it on the end of an axe helve, began to flag all the trains going up the grade industriously. "'You killed my muley cow, and you've got to pay for her,' she said when the trains came to a standstill. "'I won't take less than sixty-seven dollars for her.' It is not necessary to state what the train hands said. The railroadman finally didn't pay any attention to her red flag at all so far as stopping went, but as nobody knew just when she might decide to do something serious, like piling up a stone wall on the track, for instance, they watched that flag with considerable curiosity. And at last, she did decide to do something. It was one Tuesday night. She put the boy to bed early. Then she prepared for action. Filling two buckets from the half-barrel of soft soap, always kept on tap, and taking a bucket in each hand, Mrs. Bilger started out into the dark and walked half a mile up the grade. 
Then she artistically applied her soft soap to about a quarter of a mile of the track. The next train was a freight due from the east about nine o'clock. She was late that night, and she came down that grade for all she knew how. When she struck that soft soap, she slid ahead like a comet rollicking through space. The engine rocked from side to side like a steam launch in a storm. The engineer saw there was something wrong in a minute and whistled, Down! Brakes! ferociously. The brakeman put on enough power on the brakes to lift her right off the tracks and hold her suspended in the air, but she just plunged ahead through the darkness, squirting soft soap on all the surrounding landscape. It's that damn builder woman again, yelled the engineer to the fireman. What's she done now? Oh, my God, said the fireman, thinking of his family. How do I know? Then they both held onto the sides of the reeling cab and hoped hard. The engineer swore arpeggios to a sort of running obligato on the whistle. The train went by the station like a demoniac steam calliope escaped from a circus, with a frightened train hand hanging on the brake of every other car. When they finally stopped two miles down the road, the engineer said he never had such an awful feeling in his life, only he didn't say it that way. The fireman was quite seasick. The worst of it was, they didn't have the least idea what ailed them, because by that time all the soft soap was worn off the wheels. They hadn't the time to look around anyway, because they had to get down on the next siding for the through ten o'clock passenger train. The express was extra heavy that night, and the engineer had a horrible rate of speed on her when she reached the grade. Nevertheless, when she struck it, she stopped short within two lengths. To the wild dismay of the engineer, the big drivers of his engine just whirled around and around like a top. The engine couldn't get up that grade any more than a man can lift himself by his bootstraps. Finally, the engineer stopped her, and he and the fireman got out to investigate. Up the grade, in front of the engine, the rails, and the beams of the headlight, stretched in two strangely glistening lines. By thunder, exclaimed the fireman, stooping down, it's soft soap. Now will you pay me for my muley cow, said a voice from the darkness. If you don't, you'll never run your darned road again. It was Mrs. Bilger. Her price had risen to eighty-seven dollars. It so happened that a very important person was on this train, no less important a person, in fact, than the president of the road. He was in a hurry, too, and he came out of his special car to see what was going on, just as Mrs. Bilger arrived on the scene. "'Well, what's the matter here?' said the president. "'Soft soap, sir,' said the excited engineer. "'This woman's been daubing up the track with soft soap "'so we can't run the train "'because she had her darn cow killed "'and they won't pay for it.' "'Yes, they will,' said Mrs. Bilger, "'and it'll cost them eighty-seven dollars, not a cent less.' "'Mrs. Bilger felt she was in a position to dictate, "'and she proposed to do so. "'The railroad president appreciated the situation.' Well, my good woman, said he, don't you think you'd compromise for a little less, say, seventy-five? Who are you? said Mrs. Bilger haughtily. Well, I'm the president of this road, said the great official. Well, then, I want eighty-seven dollars for my muley cow, said Mrs. Bilger, and you don't get her for any less. This amused the president considerably. He took out his fat pocketbook and counted out a big roll of bills. There you are said he. I'll pay it myself. 
Then he got Mrs. Bilger's mark on a receipt for witnesses in front of the headlight, and Mrs. Bilger's muley cow was settled for just five months after its death. After a while, with the help of the freight engine below, the passenger train was pushed up the grade, the track having been sanded all the way up. That muley cow was a good-paying property, mused the railroad president, as he seated himself in his special car. If she'd given a barrel of milk a day and had a calf every two months since the time of her demise, she wouldn't have yielded such large returns. End of section 2